Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is January 4th, 2021. At the start of a new week and a new year, investors have plenty to think about. Despite the rollout of vaccines, the pandemic has worsened in recent weeks, dragging on the global economy. US stock markets ended at record highs on Friday, and both bond and equity valuations look lofty. And in the week ahead, the Congress will certify the election of Joe Biden as president, although with an unusual degree of political acrimony. However, for markets, the most consequential event in the week ahead will be the two runoff elections in Georgia. These races will determine control of the Senate, and while this is important for many reasons, for investors it's particularly relevant in forming expectations around fiscal stimulus, the pace of economic recovery, and the trajectory of interest rates. On the pandemic, the most recent US numbers are grim, with now over 350,000 fatalities, almost 20,000 of which occurred in just the last week. Unfortunately, social gatherings over the holiday season possibly aided by a more contagious variant of the disease, could maintain this dreadful pace over the next few weeks. Thereafter, however, the story should improve. New cases should peak and then decline due to less social interaction during January. In addition, a growing number of Americans now have at least some immunity to the disease having already contracted it. Most importantly, while the rollout of vaccines has gone slowly, the makers of the two approved vaccines in the US have promised the delivery of sufficient doses to inoculate at least 200 million Americans by the end of July, with the potential for further vaccines receiving approval over the next few months. All of this could effectively bring an end to the pandemic over the summer. However, for fatalities, an even more important factor is the priority that states are placing on vaccinating the elderly. According to the CDC, while Americans over the age of 65 account for roughly 16% of the population, they accounted for 81% of COVID-19 deaths in 2020. Fully vaccinating just this population by the end of the first quarter could therefore cut the overall death rate by 80%, a number which could be further improved by the more widespread use of new treatments and less community spread. Even with this light at the end of the tunnel, the economic recovery continues to be hurt by the resurgent pandemic. PMI data due out on Monday and Wednesday should show continued manufacturing resilience, but some weakening in service sectors, as states mandate greater social distancing. International trade data for December should show a bigger deficit, as businesses continue to import to restock empty shelves. However, the most important date of the week will be the December jobs report due out on Friday. We expect a slight decline in payroll employment, reflecting job cuts by cash-strapped state and local governments, lower than normal seasonal retail hiring, and relapse in employment in the leisure and hospitality industries. All of this is of course made worse by the delay in passing and signing the coronavirus relief bill. However, with this law now on the books, we expect the economy to grow slowly rather than stall in the first quarter and then accelerate into the second quarter and the rest of the year. The extent of this acceleration depends in part on Tuesday's election in Georgia. It would be foolish at this stage to predict the result. Both races are too close to call by the polls, and polling in the 2020 election turned out to be particularly inaccurate anyway. However, the consequences are easier to predict. 
If the Republicans hold one or both seats, they will retain a majority in the Senate. If the Democrats win both, then, with the help of the Vice President's tie-breaking vote, they will have control of the Senate. If the Republicans retain a Senate majority, the Senate majority leader will control the agenda. As recently as last week, this power is effectively used to kill a proposal to increase the size of stimulus checks from $600 to $2,000, even though a majority of senators would likely have voted for such a measure. Going forward, this could be used to stifle any attempts by the Biden administration or the House to push through other forms of fiscal stimulus, including more money for the states. This could lead to a slower and weaker economic recovery, potentially hurting earnings and thus the stock market. However, it could also convince the Federal Reserve to further delay any tapering of bond purchases, leading to a slower rise in long-term interest rates and thus limiting bond market losses. If the Democrats achieve control of the Senate, more aggressive stimulus would likely be pushed through in the short run, leading to a faster revival in the economy, stronger gains in earnings, but also higher interest rates, benefiting stocks at the expense of bonds. However, even if this occurs, only part of the Biden administration's agenda would likely make it through Congress. There may well be enough votes in the Senate to pass further stimulus, benefiting in particular the lower and middle-income households who have been disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. It is doubtful, however, given the vulnerability of Democratic senators running in the 2022 midterm elections, whether there would be 50 votes to pass higher taxes on corporations and upper-income households to pay for it. Similarly, while the new Congress could approve an infrastructure bill, it might well be paid for through borrowing rather than taxes. In addition, the filibuster rule, which essentially requires the acquiescence of 60 senators to pass non-budget-related legislation, could stifle long-overdue attempts to reform immigration. Without such reform, the recent decline in U.S. labor force growth could persist for years to come, limiting the potential growth of the economy. In other words, a toxic combination of populism and extreme partisanship could lead to Washington policies that increase government debt and demand in the economy while limiting supply. This could, in turn, eventually lead to higher inflation and interest rates. All of this is very relevant as we enter 2021. Despite unprecedented economic and social disruption in 2020, markets held up very well, with the S&P 500 posting a total return of 18.4% and the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index returning 7.5%. However, those good gains in the last 12 months have left us with stretched valuations, which are hard to justify, except under the assumption that the US sees a rapid economic recovery to a path of solid but non-inflationary growth. Achieving this would be easier if Washington policy was designed to push on the gas right now and apply the brakes in 2022. However, this would seem to require politicians on both sides to discard partisan populism. The week ahead is unlikely to provide evidence of such high-mindedness. This being the case, investors will be wise to temper their expectations of future portfolio returns and make sure they are well diversified entering 2021, with sufficient exposure to international assets, which are less exposed to the political choices made in Washington. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information.
and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.